trust the movement, I negate the chaos, uplift the negative, I'll show up at the table again and again. Welcome to Grassroot Ohio, conversations with everyday people working on important issues here in Columbus and all around Ohio. I'm Carolyn Harding, and today I'm talking with Pat Morida and Lee Blackburn, fighting corrupt leg legislation to bail out the failing nuclear and coal-based power, House Bill 6, and fighting for renewable energy here in Ohio. Pat Morida is the chair of the Ohio Sierra Club Nuclear Free Committee. She works on nuclear issues nationwide with the Sierra Club and other groups. In the 1980s, she worked on the Ohio Nuclear Weapons Freeze Campaign and served as chair of the Central Ohio Sierra Club when the club took legal action against the city of Columbus for their sanitary sewer overflows and won, forcing Columbus to fix the problem. She's a retired pharmacist and a graduate of The Ohio State University. Lee Blackburn's activism began in high school where his name appears in the congressional record for the first Earth Day. Having testified in both the Ohio House and Senate against House Bill 6, the nuclear bailout bill, he is currently preparing testimony for the Ohio Senate against House Bill 104, another badly written nuclear bill. Lee is a retired businessman who spent the better part of his career providing housing for low to moderate income individuals. Last week, the Speaker of the Ohio House of Representatives, Larry Householder, his longtime advisor and three Ohio lobbyists were arrested, accused by the U.S. Attorney's Office and the FBI of a $61 million racketeering and bribery scheme linked to Ohio House Bill 6, the first energy nuclear and coal bailout bill, which passed last year. Unfortunately, we do not have Lee's visual on our, on our camera, but we do have his um, audio. He's online with us on the phone. I would like both of you to kind of tell us what's going on right now in Ohio with House Bill 6 and this corrupt House um, Speaker, Larry Householder. Why don't we give you a start, um, Pat, since we can see you, and then we'll go on to um, Lee. So it certainly made international news uh, with, uh, uh, with the uh, announcement of the arrest of these people. And of course, everybody knows just what went on, that First Energy was behind this. But yet, it was remarkable that, uh, that there's some justice with this. And that, of course, Generation Now had apparently just one donor. That, so Generation Now was the 501c4. It was a slush fund uh, that promoted this and promoted all those flyers that everyone saw, all those radio and TV ads, uh, first promoting House Bill 6, and then later um, uh, trying to uh, deep six the repeal. First Energy couldn't compete, basically. And so they were going into a, a phony bankruptcy. They weren't really quite, uh, they were making some money, but they still couldn't compete. So they needed to have this bailout and they also not only that but this bill house bill six also you know undercut ohio's renewable and efficiency energy law so 
First Energy basically could not, uh, uh, couldn't compete. So we're saying, people, look up. This company has not been honest in all of this and, and get a different electric provider. And, and Energy Harbor is one that should be avoided also because it's the, it's the company that came out of the, came out of the bankruptcy and supplies your, your electric energy now. What about you, Lee? What's your take on what's going on right now? Well, uh, you know, just a while ago, the Ohio House uh, voted to remove uh, householder as Speaker of the House. They haven't yet voted on his replacement. Uh, there are several individuals who uh, are vying for that position, Jim Butler, as well as uh, Bob Culp. Uh, it'll probably be a few days before we know who it is. Uh, but uh, this uh, bill... Um, unfortunately, was bad from the beginning, and until it's repealed, will continue to be bad news for all of Ohio because uh, Ohioans will be charged on their, their electric bill, and if you don't live in the area, you get no benefit uh, for that particular charge. I think that um, probably what's more important, however, is that uh, while Householder has been removed from the speakership, He's still in the House, as is those individuals who had supported him. I refer to him as the uh, Gang of 20. These are legislators that uh, he had backed and provided money to help get elected, help them get elected so that they could in turn uh, elect him as Speaker. Yeah, they all, they all got money for their campaigns. A lot of them got money for their campaigns from um, this huge amount of money that Householder had gotten from First Energy. And, um, and we were all involved in trying to prevent House Bill 6 from being even passed. And it was awesome, very interesting because the people that fought for the bill were the union, a lot of union members, coal and nuclear, Republicans and Democrats. And Mike DeWine, the governor, was really pro HB6. And the people that were fighting it were environmentalists like you and I and um, renewable energy um, businesses and um, activists and policymakers as well as, um, and those were strange bedfellows. You know, the, the shale gas industry, fracking industry was against this as well as environmentalists. So it passed. What is your take Householder is like the figurehead, but Mike DeWine was really for it. So what's your take on why Mike DeWine signed it so readily and um, where he's at now with this, with this, the bill, the idea of repealing, but what is he going to require that's in the new bill? Well, I think with uh, DeWine, there's uh, several different perspectives. Uh, one is his belief that uh, we need every form of energy, including nuclear. But also uh, keep in mind the fact that uh, uh, DeWine has received uh, lots of money from First Energy uh, over the years as uh, being a politician. So that's obviously something that uh, we need to be concerned about as well. Indeed, initially, um, DeWine said that he thought the bill was fine. 
even after uh, this whole issue of Householder came out. I would assume that others got to him and said that, you know, really, you shouldn't take that perspective. So then he changed his mind and said that uh, House Bill 6 should be repealed, but then replaced. And that has me wondering about what he is looking for in replacement. Does he still want a subsidy for these reactors? Uh, Obviously, that's a non-starter for a lot of people, and such a bill certainly wouldn't get passed. How about you, Pat? It's it, it probably will be an uphill struggle to get this bill uh, repealed, but I think it's really important for us to contact our legislators, at, you know, our House members and our Senate members, and say, you know, let's repeal this this bill. Um, DeWine keeps putting out that <laughs> this mantra, which is totally untrue. Uh, first of all, uh, all of the above is not an energy strategy. They say, oh, we want all of them. That is not a strategy. That's just more of the same. But uh, nuclear is not carbon free. Uh, Yes, the chain reaction that produces the electricity is carbon free. But uh, from the uranium mining, milling, refining, the enrichment, the building of these plants, the transportation of this stuff all around the country, uh, let alone the management of the high level radioactive waste. And and that waste is the real product of nuclear energy. Electricity is just a very fleeting byproduct. We're really left with with waste that has to be managed for tens of thousands, millions of years, and it's um, going to take a lot of energy to do that. So we've got to counter the lie that nuclear is carbon-free. Right. I mean, all the above is such a uh, simple, pat answer. And um, the House Bill 6 basically bails bails out the two Ohio nuclear reactors up on Lake Erie, which is um, Davis-Bessey near um, Port Clinton, Ohio, on the um, western part of of Lake Erie, and then Perry nuclear reactor, which is just east of Cleveland. And can you guys give us a little bit of update about those um, nuclear reactors? I mean, where are we and how safe are they? Pat? Uh, well, Davis Bessie's famous for being the reactor with the hole in the head, where the boric acid uh, dripped on the head of the reactor for years. It was a huge amount of corrosion, yet the inspectors didn't look. Uh, when they finally found it, sometime in 2006. It had eaten a hole all the way through the reactor head. Actually, the only thing that was protecting it, uh, people f- uh, from that and, uh, and disaster was a thin, a thin liner. And they had, Davis uh, Bessey has been given a, a, a 20-year license extension past its 40-year uh, lifespan, engineered lifespan. And Perry is looking for a uh, for a 20-year license extension. And Perry has been uh, world, world famous for being the most dangerous nuclear reactor in terms of reactor safety. And, and why it sits on a, on a earthquake fault as well, which was discovered as it was being built. There was a huge fault right underneath the Perry nuclear reactor. So as far as you, you're anti-nuke activists and um and advocating for renewable energy, but um, what is your recommendations 
of what Ohio should do with these two nuclear reactors? Well, I think that uh, they should be closed. Um, both reactors uh, generate energy that is much more expensive than renewables, uh, so we'd be better off with wind and solar than we would with nuclear. Um, you just heard Pat talk a little bit about uh, some of the problems with them. Uh, these are aging reactors that uh, be, are now beyond their lifespan, and the safest thing, the most sustainable thing, would be to shut them down. And the companies, another thing is that it's very expensive to do the upgrades and repairs. So they're getting, actually getting bypasses from the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. So they do not have to do the necessary upgrades uh, and repairs. It's really frightening. So why is First Energy trying to bail out them and bail out these coal, um, old coal um, power plants? I mean, you would think that they would want to make money and shut down um, power plants that were crumbling or that were obsolete. So I don't really understand why First Energy was trying to bail these out. Why don't they put their money into the future? Have you, do you have any take on that? Well, it's perplexing. I think that's a, go ahead, Pat, I'm sorry. Oh, um, it, it's perplexing. Uh, why they refuse to modernize. It's just like, well, we've done it this way for the last X number of years and we're not going to change. And First Energy has dug in far more than other than the other utilities as far as not complying with uh, the, the renewable and energy efficiency mandate. Lee, you want to take it from there? Uh, sure. There's a, a couple things here. Probably the issue that I see here is that uh, you're dealing with an entity that had been a regulated industry for years and years, and now Ohio has deregulated their electricity, and the company really doesn't know how to deal with that. They don't know how to compete. And I think part of uh, their means of competing was to try to keep everything uh, running. Uh, I should also point out that uh, there really is a difference between the uh, coal and the nuclear. Uh, the nuclear is primarily first energy. The coal plants are actually uh, uh, two plants, one in Ohio and one in Indiana, that's uh, owned by a company called uh, the Ohio Valley Electric Corporation, or OVEC. And they were built in the 50s to supply electricity to the southern Ohio enrichment facility outside of uh, Piketon. It's called the uh, Portsmouth uh, gaseous diffusion plant. And uh, there was a consortium that was created to own these plants, and it still does. And it's hard to get all the members of the consortium to basically vote to shut these plants down. Hence, there was a need, if they were going to keep operating, and they're operating in a loss, there was a need to fund them. And uh, so they were included in the bill. This is Carolyn Harding with Grassroot Ohio, and today I'm talking with Pat Morita and Lee Blackburn, both activists against House Bill 6 and for sustainable renewable energy. I would just like to um, ask you a little bit more about this scandal. Can you tell us, I know that today the um, 
the Ohio House of Representatives voted to take um, Larry Householder's um, speakership away. But he still can be a, a rep he still until he's been proven guilty. They, he, um, he and the uh, four others that were um, charged could foreseeably be put away for 20 years in prison. I see these guys as the front. I mean, someone's putting the money in their pocket and that's First Energy, but who specifically at First Energy makes these decisions to get this money into the hands of a corrupt politician? Well, First Energy went looking for somebody to help them get a bill out uh, for their nuclear reactors. They have uh, tried for a number of years, first with the Public Utilities Commission of Ohio, and they got shot down several times. And uh, then they've tried several times with the Ohio legislature and really wasn't getting very far. So uh, it appears that they decided to look for a politician uh, in the name of Larry Householder to come back into politics. He had been out for a while and uh, to help them get a bill out done. And so they did this by means of uh, a secret uh, 501c4 uh, entity called Generation Now in which they put the $61 million into that uh, helped him uh, fund... Uh, I refer to them as the Gang of 20, individuals who are still in the House who receive lots of money from him uh, and lots of support and uh, will continue, uh, unfortunately, um, rooting for Householder as long as he continues uh, to remain in the House, which it looks like he probably will because uh, he refused to step down as a speaker, so they had to remove him. He still stays in the House, and in November, he's running uh, unopposed. So it looks like he'll be reelected in November. So we need to be I very concerned the about uh, the various House members. Yes, the right end people, right? Yes, indeed. Let's um, let's move on. I mean, I uh, I mean, one of the uh, one of the lobbyists is a former um, GOP chairman, uh, Matt Borges. You know, it's like these aren't just, you know, low, low level folks. These are high, high level um, lobbyists and they are going to be um, if they're indicted, they could face up to 20 years in prison. And yet, unless we hold them accountable, it might just go. I don't know. I, I don't want it. I, things have been going under the bridge too much. So I think people need to step up and make sure that these um, crooked people, as well as the gang of 20, Lee, they need to, they, that fund money that they have gotten needs to be donated to charity. And they have to be held accountable for taking that money, that money that was, is corrupt. That's my take. What do you guys think? I, I, I would agree. Um, you know, just yesterday, both the House and the Senate put forth a bill to repeal House Bill 6. And one of the things that's interesting is the sponsors for the uh, House bill, it's House Bill 738, uh, there were two sponsors and 39 co-sponsors, and uh, it appears that only one of the co-sponsors uh, are members of the Gang of 20, which says to me that um, those individuals still are not willing to admit that there was something wrong here with House Bill 6 and that it should be repealed. 
Well, not only did it bail out the nuclear um, and coal plants, but it, it got rid of the um, sustainable inter and energy efficiency portfolio, right? It, House Bill 6, correct? Okay. Well, they, don't, they just don't like competition. I mean, let's face it. And uh, they refuse to modernize and, and move with, with the, uh, you know, with where things are going, the cheaper, the local, locally supplied uh, and efficiency. I mean, it's so important to, to, you know, upgrade your house and put in more insulation and get better windows and, and have programs to help low-income people do this. All this is, was uh, undercut. Right. And I feel like anything that's going to be, you know, reestablish a new bill has to give back, has to replace or at least go back to what it was, if not more, for energy efficiency and renewable energy. Because that was, um, that was corruptly taken away. So that has to be addressed by the, any new bill that is, right, that, is, um, that is passed. And we need to hold the legislators as well as Governor DeWine accountable to getting those back. Well, I, I would agree, unfortunately, right now at least, and is subject to change, but uh, House Bill uh, 738, which is the uh, House Bill to repeal House Bill 6, basically says that it would be uh, returned to prior law, which indicates to me that uh, the intent here is to basically undo all aspects of House Bill 6, including the repeal of the energy efficiency standards. That would be really good. So, But as I say, it's subject to change, so who knows what we'll end up with. Exactly. My wish is that all of these, this corrupt um, legislation and the corrupt players be held accountable and be tried and have um, just punishment. That's my hope. But I'd like to move on to a couple new things that you also are working on that's regarding the nuclear industry. Um, both of you, I think, are working on uh, the issue House Bill 104. Can you describe what House Bill 104 is about? Well, uh, certainly, Pat. Do you want to do that, or would you like me to? I'd like both of you to weigh in. Well, I'll start out and tell a little about the history of it, and then Lee can maybe talk about what it does. Uh, so it was introduced, uh, although it wasn't the first bill of this type, but uh, I testified against it at the at a House committee last October. Uh, 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 it uh, was 34 pages at the time, and it was written pretty much directly off the web page of a company in Cleveland called E-Generation, whose parent organization was called Energy from Thorium. And... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, they wanted to do, it was a totally bizarre bill. Uh, uh, and then it, we didn't hear about it after that original testimony until all of a sudden during the COVID times, they, came, they started having more hearings in the House committee. And so I wasn't going to go into the State House because of the COVID again, uh, but I sent my original testimony, I resent it because really nothing had changed since the last time. And, um, and we were the only ones, I, the Sierra Club, we were the only ones that testified against it. And so um, <clears throat> anyway, it passed out of the committee and it passed the House, 80 to 11. And a lot of Democrats voted for it. Uh, mm -hmm. We just don't understand that they must not have 
really understood what the bill was about. So I'll let Lee uh, take it from here and, and describe what the bill actually says and would do. Um, okay, um, people that don't know much about laws or about nuclear thorium. Okay, well, let me start by just saying that uh, House Bill 104 is referred to as the Anthem Act. Anthem referring to advanced nuclear technology helping energize mankind. Uh, that's the name of it. Uh, Pat had mentioned that the bill, as originally introduced, was uh, 34 pages. Uh, as passed, it was only 10 pages. So they re reduced it down uh, by two-thirds and uh, completely sanitized it so that they took out uh, reference, for instance, to uh, Pat's mentioning e-generation. They've taken a lot of things out of it so that if you read the bill, uh, there are things in there that, that you might pass right over without recognizing uh, that it's an issue. For instance, it says... Uh, there will be nuclear waste reduction. And nuclear waste reduction is a way of saying that uh, they'll be reprocessing, which means that they're going to take uh, highly radioactive spent fuel and uh, reprocess it to extract out certain radioactive materials. In this particular case, it would be uranium-233, which is needed in order to jumpstart reaction of thorium. That's basically okay, Pete the only and way Pat, to do we it. We have one minute. So give us a, in a nugget why we need to be against this. Against 104? Yeah, in a nugget because <laughs> we have one minute. Um, well, you know, you, you would be building thorium reactors, you would be spreading around nuclear waste. Uh, you would be contaminating the, the Ohio countryside. And Ohio okay. would be liable okay. for all of this. For any accidents or any spills, it would so take... So it's radioactive waste. Yes. Take the Among other things. They, Ohio, they would like Ohio to take ownership of radioactive waste, which is unprecedented anywhere in the country. Okay, that's Ohio House... That would be building thorium, thorium reactors, which don't exist. Okay, and Pat, you said there's an event coming up. Give me a quick little um, uh, update on the event that you want to tell folks about. Uh, Hiroshima, Nagasaki, this is the 75th year of those horrendous bombings that were absolutely not necessary. Uh, Japan had already been defeated. Uh, and so we're having a commemoration. It's going to be 6 p.m. next Thursday, uh, uh, August 6th, at the Washington Gladden Social Justice Park in Columbus, which is at the corner of Cleveland Avenue and East Broad Street. It's 404 East Broad Street. We're going to have a number of speakers. We're going to have a poster display uh, showing what happened there on that, on those fateful days that should never be ever be used again. And is there a link that they can find information? Uh, you can go to the Ohio Sierra Club website and look uh, at our Nuclear Free Committee and there is a lot of great information about what's going on uh, in Nuclear Ohio, including this event. Okay, well, that's it for our time. Thank you so much, Pat, and thank you so much, Lee. And um, let's keep working to keep these uh, corrupt legislators accountable and to keep promoting our renewable, sustainable energy. Thanks so much. Thank you, Carolyn. Thank you. 
You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.